guys, uh, we're back today with another episode of the Grayscale Podcast. Uh, it's been amazing so far. Um, today is episode six. Uh, so soon we're doing episode six of the Grayscale Podcast. And um, we're still doing uh, Grayscales in Ghana. Uh, we'd like to discuss today a very interesting topic. Literacy and numeracy. The early years, literacy and numeracy, the early years. Now, I have been joined um, once again by my now becoming uh, old regular, uh, Apioko Seiram uh, Ashong Abbey. Hi, Apioko. Hi, David. How are you? I'm well. Fantastic, fantastic. And I've also been joined today. Finally, I have a new guest on the show to join us. It's exciting. Um, I have Eugenia Tichi Manson. Uh, hi, Eugenia. Hello. Now, David. Now, Hello, Apioko. Hi. <laughs> Now, now, for those of you uh, who are not seeing what's going on, um, Eugenia has joined us through Zoom. Okay, so what you're hearing, Eugenia's voice is actually, she's not in the same space as uh, myself and Apio Course. So this is very interesting uh, what uh, COVID-19 ta- uh, season has brought all of us, you know, with the with the, <laughs> the use of technology in everything that we're doing. But it's, it's a good thing anyway. So um, Eugenia, so like I said, we want to discuss literacy and numeracy. Now, the challenge that I think that as Ghanaians we face is... A lot of the times, the the concept of the two don't exist in one in one space. Um, as a, as as Ghanaians, now let me explain what it is that I mean. Um, typically, when you when you when you're in school and you're mathematically astute, you are considered to not. Uh, don't go towards English, don't go towards literature, don't go towards uh, the arts, poetry, any of those things, stay with math and and then therefore science, you know um, and then if it's the other way around where you're very verbose you're, you know, very fluent um, um, eloquent you, you, you can dribble with the words, uh, as a young child it's clear they say look listen don't do anything science you know but the reason why i titled it um the early years is because i believe and I, it will be interesting for us to have this conversation if you also see the same thing that both literacy and numeracy should not not only can they exist together but they should exist together in the same space um amongst young young people and that's how we need to bring people up I'm not sure what your thoughts are. Since you're the new face or new voice today, Eugenia, you have a first <laughs> stab at it. Yay, anti-honored. So <laughs> this this is interesting. So um, I couldn't agree with you more that it, it tends to be the case that when you're uh, highly numerate, uh, as it were, you're... You're, you're tended, especially in our space, you're tended to be directed into the um, into the sciences and the, you know, all sciences. So whether it's computer science, medicine, you know, that's your field. And then when you are very literate, um, 
your your space is more the arts. Yeah. I think it's for us. It's a very black and white. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I think that that is probably at the root of um, a lot of challenges that we have been experiencing in our education space. Um, to begin with. Yes, the you need to be both literate and numerate. I mean, they are intertwined. They are the the two of them are the key uh, ideologies, if I may call them so. That okay. being educated is about. You mm-hmm. need to be numerate. You need to be literate. Mm-hmm. One cannot go without the other. Okay. If you're not literate, you cannot be numerate in the sense that you are not able to translate. If let's say a situation was was contextualized in a sentence, mm. you are not. If you are not literate, um, you, so you can't solve a math problem that is a sentence problem. You couldn't. Okay. Okay. Um, and even if you are not literate, you can't read how much money you've been physically given. Mm. So again, I'd like to focus on the fact that literacy is not limited to just being in English in whatever language. So it could be your mother tongue. If you are not literate in your mother tongue, you are not literate. Mm. Um, it's not it's not limited to official languages um but i think that it is it has become the bane of our challenge as a people because we are we i come across in my line of work i've come across so many science based um uh, professionals mm. who tell you that their passion has always been music for example they play musical instruments but were never allowed to uh, venture into that space or even consider it even as a hobby just because um we their, uh, their parents wanted them to focus on medicine mm. and so or the sciences as it were so and normally it's medicine so basically that that joy that inner joy or that talent was killed mm. okay however what i've experienced is that it typically will come back again so what you end you end up having is people who are not happy in 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 the jobs that they do yeah. but they are doing it because this is what pays the bills mm. um i've also met and this was about 5 years ago i met a young girl who um approached me and was saying how I was asking me how to deal with her parents who didn't understand that she loved fashion designing mm. but she was very good as a science student her strength was science her sciences and she conceded and they want her to read med <clears throat> excuse me to read medicine yeah. but she wanted during the holidays and she was in JHS then she wanted during the holidays to sort of intern in a fashion house yeah. or go and learn and her parents will not listen and she wanted to find out from me how to get her parents to see things from her perspective mm. and i i find myself in this space alone and i have to walk a narrow line so the advice i gave her was that it's a passion it's there um your parents pay your bills uh, sorry your fees so and if you do say that you are strong in in the sciences and believe that you you will become a doctor eventually then tore that path mm. whilst you're touring it at a, after a certain point when you get to the tertiary level you're going to be able to sort of be, begin to be able to save you have access to finances and then you can be nurturing your fashion yeah. on the side yeah. and you finish medical school you become a doctor who has a fashion fashion design background and yeah. you kind of laughed it off Yeah. but the underlying problem is the, is this is the challenge we're talking about that we've pigeonholed 
um, uh, as it were, professions, which along these lines of literacy and numeracy. Mm. Um, And so even for those who probably are just not even academically inclined, we sort of write them off. And that is the bane of our society. So mm. you realize that in our in our space, people who work in the arts are not respected. Mm. And yet in these times, in these um, COVID-19 times, we realize that the arts are what are pulling us through. Yeah. It's entertainers who are holding yeah. us through. It's, it's authors who are carrying us through. Yeah. It's um, you name it. The, those who are those who are sewing the the PPE yes, and all of those things. Those who are sewing the face masks. Yeah. it's the arts. Yeah, it's, and therefore the the, the 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 as I say, it, it, it has stunted growth in our society. Mm. In the honors in the UK, when I was a student in the UK about um, what. 15, 14 years ago, I remember I was then studying uh, marketing communications, and I remember one one. Um, fact that that fascinated me that 70 percent of the uk economy was from the service sector wow 70 percent you know but i don't think the same can be said at least in ghana it's more the informal sector that feeds our economy but mm. we be, we need to begin to change our mindsets as parents as well i guess as individuals before we become parents mm. that not every child has to become the doctor, lawyer, or whatever. And again, there's also the fact that some of us are slow learners. We're yeah. slow starters. Some of us didn't blossom until blossom here, meaning we didn't begin to, it didn't, like, the coin didn't drop for us until past tertiary. <laughs> and that is okay. There's nothing yeah. wrong with us mentally. The fingers are not the same. Yeah. Heights. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. I think those are just um, um, right on point um, with some of the conversations that we've been having. Apioko, what do you what what do you what do you make of the conversations so far and your perspective on numeracy versus um, literacy? No, I, I I agree with both of you and um, especially Eugenia. Um, so even the arts as we speak about them so when you sew you don't just get up and start cutting things there are measurements involved i mean how many of us haven't had to pull out our hair just Mm. because a seamstress took your measurements a tailor took your measurements now the dress or the suit comes and it doesn't fit (laughs) it means that there's a lapse in the numeracy skills Mm -hmm. somewhere Mm -hmm. somebody bakes a cake today Mm -hmm. the taste is nice tomorrow it's like a stone yeah because it's the same person who's baking yes using the same ingredients but somehow I, i have a friend who i mean she's a chartered accountant by profession but she came back to mm-hmm. Ghana, got a job with PwC and decided, hey, you know, I want to bake. Mm-hmm. And this is somebody, when we were in high school, she would never cook because her mom was a single career woman and didn't have the time to okay. teach her and her sisters. So yeah. she starts crumbs and layers, this baking thing, mm-hmm. puts herself through cake school, goes as far as doing further courses abroad. But when we were in school, she was a math whiz, still is. I mean, somebody who's a chartered accountant. So anybody who works with her in her baking business, if you don't understand math, you suffer because some recipe has one eighth of a quarter of, you you get me. But when when the cake comes, in terms of the look, it's clean, the edges are not lopsided, Mm. the taste is consistent Mm. because she uses her numeracy skills Mm. and combines them Mm. with the art. And Mm. of course, you're reading about different techniques, so the literacy is there too. And then even if you come to writing, so I'm a poet. In poetry, we have something called meter. So people think we just get up and start writing. Well, some people do, but, yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, no. You, if, if you're writing bars for rap, for example, yeah. which is lyrical poetry anyway, it's um, yeah. iambic pentameter. 
Okay. You got, so what you want is 10 beats or 10 syllables in mm, a line. Mm. And people don't realize that. <laughs> Sometimes you're writing something like a haiku. Mm. There's a formula to it. Usually okay. you would do a 575. So five syllables in the first line, seven syllables in the second line, five syllables. In. Okay. If you don't have strong numeracy skills, you write, uh, you will not get the 575 mm. because you don't even know what to cut out. Yeah. You see, so in, yeah. in different aspects of our lives, music, the reason why, I mean, Eugenia mentioned that you find a lot of highly numerate minds yeah. who say, I wanted to do music. Mm. Music is very mathematical. Mm -hmm. And if you read music mm. and you, you understand composition from your, 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 your time signatures mm. to the number of beats in a bar and how you compose music in itself. And you see, so we, we've, we've relegated it to the background so much so that a lot of people who play musical instruments, they play by ear. Yeah. But if you were to bring the original composers of the music they're playing, they'll mm. tell you, this is off, this is off, this is a discord. Yeah. Or even if you were to ask them to play in a band, mm. you realize there are certain points for compositions that are very rich. Yeah. There's always a discord because the half semitone you're supposed to play is making all the difference you understand mm. so we we really need to to pay attention to some of these things mm. and then also understand that beyond reading and writing literacy is no longer just about that mm. and be it in english or chi or ga or dagbani or whatever language it is that you speak that's your mother tongue mm. if you don't understand how to um, get into a space of comprehension you know, so yeah. it's not just speaking yeah. the language. Mm. That so yeah. yes, they asked you a question, David. I said, "What does treacheremu mean?" Yes. Somebody gave me one answer, mm. but you said it literally means to look inside, to yeah. see to, inside, yeah, to see inside, and really, yeah. that's what it Open is. Open it up so because we see you inside. Comprehend yeah. the yeah. language. Mm. In in Ga, so I'm a guy. If you say um 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 eya, mm -hmm. as opposed to Ete. Mm. Two very different things. Okay. But somebody may use them interchangeably. Mm. But if you don't have a strong comprehension of the language, you think that you've spoken Ga and yeah. it's nice. Yeah. But if you go to the village, my grandmother will show the you. difference. You see yeah. what I mean? So <laughs> literacy in itself is not as black and white yeah. as we, we like to, to paint it. Yeah. Because think about yeah. it. Yes, there's reading, there's writing and all that. But some some languages have wingdings and all sorts of different <laughs> different characters that yeah. make up the language yeah would you say that because the person can't read in the arabic or the roman um, formations then it means that they yeah. can't read <clears throat> now you know um eugenia you you handle children a lot um because of the spelling bee in your uh, young yeah. educators foundation um i wanted to ask about this question where people have said and i've heard it maybe in the last three four years i've heard it more so than ever in my life where there's now this drive for people to be taught in the mother tongue because there seems to be an understanding that once somebody starts their life in their mother tongue they seem to be more they seem to have more capacity for comprehension, more capacity for, you know, different things as far as the language, the, the English language is concerned. Now, I am co completely, it, I'm befuddled by the whole idea that a child cannot be taught in a particular language if it's not their mother tongue. And if, they, if, they, if that happens to be the case, they will struggle. 
with education all their life. It doesn't make any sense to me because here I am, okay, and I'm using myself as an example. My, my mother, by, by plan, by design, my mother taught us chi at home, okay? Uh, my father taught us English, okay? Now, they didn't do it by deliberately setting out to teach us. My dad would only speak to us in English. My mom would only speak to us in tree. But they spoke to each other in whichever language they felt like at any point in time. Okay. Now, what it did for me was for, for, for me, I understood to the core the nuances of the tree language. Even though growing up in Malawi, maybe 90% of the time I was speaking English. I understood the nuances of the tree language to the extent that I may not, I didn't speak it fluently back then because it wasn't the language I was dexterous in. I wasn't speaking it all the time. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't using it. But I understood the, 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 the heartbeat of the language when you said certain things with a certain inflection. I, I know what it means, you know. Um, what, what do you make of this argument that people are saying um you know from zero to five years or zero to whatever years teach them in their mother tongue and then that that's automatically seems to solve all the problems so um i don't think necessarily teaching them in the mother tongue solves all the problems mm. um because I don't know if our conversation would look into that later. There are learning disabilities, let's concede. And then there will be other challenges. There's just life. Mm. Um, but I think the point about mother tongue, and I'm happy that you you have used your example, um, which I would label as the exception. But let's talk of the norm. Okay. Um, and lem let's limit the conversation, first of all, to Ghana, and then we'll, we'll stretch it to Africa. Okay. What I, I the, the the conversation or the the discourse about teaching children in their mother tongue from uh, I don't think it's zero to five I think it's it's really from the preschool through to I think just before preschool into regular school okay. it's you're you're encouraged to teach them in their mother tongue mm. if you take Ghana for example. You go to a kindergarten and there's a kindergarten is normally what from age five. Okay. You will meet a ten year old in kindergarten. Yeah. From let's say one year. Yeah. Well, he's spoken tree all his life. Tree mm. is all he knows how to speak. And in kindergarten, you are now so he already has language and comprehension skills in his own language. Yeah. Now you're saying that you're going to introduce to him totally new concept of language mm. which he's not surrounded by to yeah. begin with yeah. i keep saying that let me preface everything i'm going to say by this that africa remains the only continent that teaches its young in any language but its own okay to begin with if you okay. take any other continent everybody is teaching their young in their own language english is someone's language okay Welsh is someone's language. Mm -hmm. They teach their children in those languages. So okay. to begin with, if we begin from that premise, then we can work our way backwards. Okay. You can best, if you're an educator, be it a, a parent or mm. a, a teacher, 
if you're not fluently or you're not fluent or very comprehensive in the language you are using to instruct your child, mm. it creates understanding problems. Let me go back to this kindergarten where we have a 10 year old who is now going to say, who in Bonnier, who is now going to school. Mm. In his language, let's work with maths first. In his language, 10, uh, um, sorry, 13 is. In his mind, 13 in his language is 10 and 3. There are two units. It's not yes. a unit. Yes. It is 10 plus 3. Yeah. Do, miensa. Do is 3. Miensa is... Sorry, do is 10. Miensa is 3. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. How do you now at age, teach them where he's in kindergarten and you are now teaching him English, how are you going to explain smoothly the yeah. concept of the fact that in the English language, 13 then becomes sort of, it's one. It's yeah. not three and 10. Mm. Mind you, in French, it's the same. Okay. In French, it's the same. Yeah. From, True. I think from, uh, either from 30 or from 40, it's the same. It's 40 plus one, mm. 40 plus two. It's only in it's English, it's in English that it sounds like right, Actually, it's from 20. The point we're making is from that uh, if the... Uh, yeah. So from, it's actually from 20. Yeah, right. yeah. It's from 20, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's from 20. So yeah. even if you took, if you take the fact that this is a 10-year-old whose mind, you know, has already been developed, speaks in a certain way, speaks a particular language, mm. what you, the only way you can introduce him to the official language is to ease him into it. Mm. Which is where I think the GES policy on educating children in their mother tongue is strategic. Okay. The, the, the concept is not to do with 100%. It's to ease you into it. Mm, okay. Ease the child into it. To make it... Because this is our peculiar situation. A lot of children don't go to school early. It's, it's sure. really is the issue. The issue is a lot of children don't go early. And by the time they... It means by the time so they've already developed language that they are used to. Mm. So if you're going to transition, it has to be a transition. As opposed to if you came to a very metropolitan city like Accra, it's very metropolitan. A lot of us now choose to speak English with our children. And mm. the challenge there is that, as I say, we choose to. Whilst we're speaking English with our children at home, yeah. we are thinking in our mother tongue. Okay. We think in our mother tongue and quickly translate into English. Yeah. So what ends up happening is that we translate, we, uh, we transliterate. Mm. We do a lot of transliteration from, yeah. like, uh, as Apioko said, uh, using the guy example, uh, I'm going. Yeah. Uh, and someone will actually tell you, that, uh, I'm taking leave of you. The English person will say, I, I, I want to take my leave of you. Yes, yes. And we will say, okay, I'm going. Can yeah. you come and see me off? You know, and... and <laughs> Can you hear the sense? Can't you hear the sense? One thing cannot, you know. And so, and so, we speak this um, I call pedestrian version of English yeah. with our children, mm. and it gives us a false sense of security that our children actually are fluent in the English language. Yeah. yeah. Then, when our children begin to write international exams. We yeah, begin to realize, oh, no. Yeah. But why do you feel? Don't you speak English? I don't know if you all saw that video of the parents, yeah. the father, who a seeming father who was pounding his son because he had a nine in English. And he was speaking to him in English. Yeah. Um, and asking things like, can't you read? It, it's really, and I think, I mean, I don't know 
what led to where that got to. But the yeah. point I'm making is that it is that false sense of security that I've paid top dollar and I speak English with you at home mm. and you go to a good school because I'm paying top dollar. You must be fluent in the language. But yeah. it doesn't work like that. Mm. It doesn't work like that because... Um, language, if you, um, I, I, I can't speak heavily on our mother tongue, but I can speak to English. That it has structure, and I believe it, it's the is the foundation of every language. There's structure to it. Mm. There are the exceptions, as you explained. Where don't forget that our parents, so those who are in their seventies and eighties now, they didn't learn English the way we're learning English. They learned Latin to begin with. Latin is the root of English. Okay. So they are able, their English that they spoke with us was the English. Okay. What we are speaking today with our children is not. It is Ghanaian English as we want to call it. Okay. Or so, so, so Eugenia, let me let me come to up your call. We're just, we're going to round this up really soon. The next couple of minutes, but sure. um, I want to ask about this whole thing, particularly because you brought the the subject of teacher training. Mm. Okay, I want to go there just because what is happening is that you said that the 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 English that our parents learned started from the Latin, right. which is the which is the root of the English language. Now. Yeah. What we've done with ourselves, and this one, it just sort of, I was maybe, imagine myself lying in a hammock one Sunday afternoon, just enjoying the breeze, and then I'm musing, musing about life, you know, and then it suddenly dawns on me that, oh my goodness, this is what we've done to ourselves. We've, we've, we've taken the, the academically astute top cream of maybe... 20% of the people, okay, students, and we've sent them to medical school and pharmacy and engineering. Then we've come to, uh, and then maybe law, law school, right? Then we've come to the next 40% of people or 30% of people, and then we've sent them into, um, say, business and social sciences and so on. And then the rest, we've said, you know something? Sorry, you have to go to teacher training, <laughs> you know. And then what we've done is that those who are academically least astute are the ones that we've sent to teacher training to prepare the next generation. Right. And we've been doing this for generations. Yes. I, I yeah. Any comments on that quickly before we <laughs> round up this episode? You no, know, it's the way we turn everything on its head. Um, uh, so let me just start from the language, but then I'll, I'll segue into, into what you've just asked. Our languages in themselves have not been properly developed, with the exception of may we ever which was not documented by us, by the way, between the the Germans and their friends. Okay. <laughs> so even the phonetic, <laughs> like the fe, all those things, very well documented. It's very different from spoken ever. Eugenia, mm. I lie. Very much true. Very much. I can't make any sense of uh, um, textbook ever. It's, I can't. Wow. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Wow. And, and they try to do the same thing with ga. Mm. So reason why a ga person will say quickly, but when it's written, it's quick boy. boy. Yeah. Two totally different things. We mm. didn't write it ourselves. So even the teachers who are going to teach, mm. if they were, 
in in the local languages in our in our mother tongues yeah. that's also a problem because a lot of them are not even literate themselves yeah. in these languages yeah. now our teacher training should be taking care of something like that if the gs is going to have a policy that says you know what we want you to be because of the peculiar challenge we face where our children go to school late in many cases um we want you to be instructing them in mother tongues mm. They don't know the languages themselves. Yeah. Um, and and I mean, if you go to your hometown, sometimes I'm sure you are even lost because the language they are speaking <laughs> is different from what you think you, you knew, right? Yeah. Now, this teacher training business, it's true. Um, yeah, creme de la creme, go and be doctors mm. and and you know and whatever not even researchers which is why we are, we are even struggling yeah. to find vaccines yeah. for something like covid 19. Yeah. our our top scientific brains are sent off to medical school yeah when what should happen is that the people who are topping your science classes should become the researchers yeah. who are feeding the medical space because mm. medicine is applied science yeah now we've done the same thing with teaching Okay, there are some people who are doing something somewhere and they are, they have said this and they have said that. So you, when they create the curriculum, all you have to do is take it and use it as a handbook and, yeah. and, and teach it to children. Yeah. But you see, teaching is much more than that. Pedagogy has to deal with learning styles. Are you able to differentiate in the classroom? Our class sizes are very huge, generally, across the board. You've got 80, 100 students in hmm. some cases. Wow. But if you're a trained teacher... Even in that mass, mm. you can still see who your average learners are, your above average and your below average learners mm. are. You can still see who is more of a visual learner, who is more of an auditory learner, um, who needs some kinesthetics activity mm -hmm. in the mm -hmm. classroom to be able to grasp yeah. concepts. Mm. Because we haven't done all that, that is why we are where we are. And now you know of course two years ago there's this whole conversation about you take the teacher licensure exams and mm. you know you should be encouraged to get a degree in the field that you're teaching yeah one of the reasons why the private especially the international schools are doing better is just because they have teachers who are authorities so to speak mm. in their in their fields of, mm. of study mm. so you've got somebody teaching mathematics who actually has a degree or a master's degree mm. in mathematics or statistics okay. or something numeric yeah. right um, if it's English you have somebody who has studied to the T mm. literature and language and linguistics and understands how to break the language mm. down if it's music you have somebody who can compose mm. music and has probably even composed with somebody yes, somewhere in the absolutely. world but the rest of the space that's not happening mm. so we really need to understand first of all why there are universities we've lost that sense hmm. Now, people who graduate from university is just to go and work in a bank, whether yep. you did psychology yep. or tourism or yep. chemistry or anything else. It's not even about what you're interested in. There, there's money in the bank, so go there. That's it. Because we've left the system <laughs> to, to, to just... Even EMTs are going to the bank. Everybody's in the bank. Yeah. Until the ambulances came recently. Yeah. Oh, we didn't even know that we were training paramedics. People I didn't were know. in the bank. I was surprised yes. to see a whole bunch of people there who wear go. this uniform. Mm, they're all and in they the exist. banks. <laughs> yes, because that's where the money is. And it's also part, I mean, I don't even want to get into that, but part of the reason why we also have a financial sector crisis mm. because people go, they get stuck at teller level and because they are not, um, they, they haven't developed great banking skills or that's not their field, they can never progress to become higher level yeah, banking officials. Yeah. They don't understand what banking is about yeah. and they are stuck there. So now when they are cutting, the majority of them will be cut. Mm. Now, Coming back to how we could possibly fix the problem. 
we have to decide for ourselves what we want our educational system to look like the kinds of young people we want to groom for the future mm. and what we want their education to entail so that they can be problem solvers and yeah. innovators in the space it's great to see that um you know some young people are working on ventilators mm, mm. Uh, some people are manufacturing face shields and but it's it's a pr- it's precious few yeah there's a gentleman who who we, we we interviewed recently eugene i don't know if you saw that interview he's done some kind of contraption that allows people to wash their hands before they sit in his taxi mm-hmm. and he's connected sure, to, yeah to his water tank and to the switch yeah this guy yes. has only done up to J- JHS. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, if you had somebody like this who could have gone all the way mm. to get a mechanical mm. engineering degree, degree, can you imagine the kinds of things you'd be creating? But I'm sure mm. money is one issue. And then the other issue is that yeah. a teacher who didn't really care to mm. begin with because they probably didn't want to be a teacher because they weren't doing yeah. well in school and that is where they were sent so that they can make some small money. Yeah. That's him in class couldn't even recognize his potential yeah. and allowed him to yeah. act. So yeah. those are some of the practical really the things. There. Yes. And yeah. really we, we need to start having conversations about how to groom all round mm. students. I'm sure we'll have these conversations later. Yeah, we will. But, but students who are not just also book smart, mm. but who can now apply knowledge. And that is really in the end of the day what literacy and numeracy is about. So okay. apply those skills in, in real life. So soon, uh, we've, we've we actually have to have end end this episode now. We've we've talked longer than we've ever talked. Uh, Eugenia, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of um, of Grace this, the Grace Scale Podcast. Um, this thank you so much for having me. Thank you. This this conversation has been about education and uh, specifically literacy and numeracy, the early years. Thank you, Apioko, as well. You.